26. I'm your host, Patty Johnson. This is the podcast where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. And along that track, this is also the show where we sometimes interview people like gallerists and dealers. So today on the show, I have John Dennehy from Testudo Gallery, and he is a co-founder of the gallery with his partner, Kirby Boitman. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I wanted to have you on the show first and foremost, because I think your particular gallery model is really interesting. I mean, it is a sort of standard gallery model in that you work with artists. But beyond that, I think you're breaking a lot of, I don't know if taboos is the right word, but you're doing things a little bit differently. And I think all of that is really exciting. So can you talk a little bit, of, give people a little bit of an introduction to the gallery that you and your partner run? Yeah. So uh, my partner Kirby and I started Testudo, uh, which we started talking about it about two years ago, and we launched it in May of 2022. And so Testudo aims to be a gateway to the world of contemporary art, uh, especially emerging contemporary art today. So my husband and I come from backgrounds that are not uh, traditional for galleries. Uh, We both worked in different industries, but we were very passionate and very excited collectors. So we started trying to figure out something that we could do together. And that was how Testudo started. So the way that Testudo works is we work with uh, emerging artists. We are what I'm calling online first. So right now we don't have a permanent physical space, but we work with emerging artists to showcase their work and their practice and sell it online. Uh, We do that through editorial articles, videos, other features about the artist to really dig into their practice and introduce it to a new audience. And then when we sell the artist's work, uh, they get 90% of the original sales price. And so the way that this works is we are partially trying to make a more efficient primary and secondary market. So on our site, all of the art is curated by our team But once a collector owns a piece of work, after a year, they can resell it on the platform. And every time that that happens, the original artist gets a 5% resale royalty. So we are trying to make the primary and secondary markets come together in a closed ecosystem and really make that better for both the collectors and the artists. So like I said, we've been working on that for about two years now. Right. And so when you say closed ecosystem, do you mean... Are you basically referring to the sale and then resale? So let's say somebody wants to resell the work and it's after a year has passed. Can they resell the work outside of your particular gallery? Yeah, so technically they can. It's just that we're trying to make it more efficient and better for everybody to resell it on our platform. So I think that the problem that we kind of thought about is, especially with more emerging artists, if you needed to resell a work, where are you going to find the audience for that? Are you going to look to something like eBay? Would you go back to the original gallery? Would they want to buy it back? So if we can create an audience for all of the artists that are on the platform, 
we believe that we can create a place where there will be other people that would want to buy the work and then we can facilitate the transfer of it to the next collector. And over time, we're really looking at this over the long run, over 5, 10, 50 years, we can have an unbroken chain of provenance because all of it originates with us straight from the artist's studio. So that's really exciting, I think, for artists, probably uh, like first and foremost, because I think one of the problems that artists have is they have a lot of overhead, right? And that has to do with this, like a physical location that's needed to make the work, uh, the materials itself, uh, the labor, which tends to be fairly extensive with art making, especially at the higher end of things, which is what you're dealing with. So all of that. I think really works to take care of the artist. And the other thing I like about your particular platform, and we will have all of these links in the show notes, is that you have a, what is essentially a like a company magazine, where yeah. you know, which is a publishing project where you're supporting the artist in that way. And that seems so key because so many artists are looking to build visibility and critical feedback for their work. And I think it's very difficult in this media environment to get that. And so that, I mean, obviously you are not exactly a disinterested source, but you are providing uh, a kind of, you know, a publishing ecosystem that is not really flourishing in other places. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that part of that, I mean, most of that goes back to my husband, Kirby. So he comes from a research background in finance, and he really thought that content and education is critical. So we launched the editorial side of our site uh, last August, a few months after the main site launched. And one of the first projects we embarked on is a practical uh, guide for how to get started collecting. And I think that that came from our own experience of wanting to be involved in art and wanting to live with art, but not really knowing where to start. And so as we started thinking about that, it was, okay, you know, all of the things that you read online, if you want to get into buying art and honing your own eye as a collector, so often the advice was just go with your gut and find what you like. And we thought that there were more practical steps. So we tried to completely start from scratch in that guide. Uh, We ended up in the end, it became, I think, a 20-page PDF that was about 10,000 words. Um, It's quite extensive. It might be a little too in-depth. But we really went from the very basics of, okay, you want to start learning about contemporary art? Here's where to start. Go to a few galleries. Go to a contemporary art museum. So really starting people at the beginning of that journey. But then from the artist side, as you mentioned, We're also commissioning interviews with both our artists and artists that work with other galleries to talk more about their practices. But again, it all goes back to, uh, from a collector side, we want to educate them. So that gives us so much more space and so much more room to run to talk about what the artists are thinking about, what art historical connections they're drawing, or what other authors and curators and writers might be drawing from their work. So it's really been a great way to get more in-depth about just the arts in general, not only the artists we work with, but art overall. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I noticed about the publication is that uh, it's serious, you know, it, it's not just like a bunch of friends <laughs> hanging out and seeing what they can pr produce. It's, you know, it's serious writing. So I think that that's uh, really exciting. And I will note for anybody else who's, uh, for all of our listeners, that there there are some very good precedents uh, for uh, galleries that really invest in their publications. And I think probably the best known one is the Gagosian Quarterly, uh, yeah. because he's been really, Gagosian is known for produce, like heavily investing in the uh, like publishing side of his business, which he described as being a loss, but actually it's not, right? Because this is the marketing and the uh, communications that really helps build your collectors. Yeah, we really want to use it to, again, help take these collectors on a journey and be that point of entry and help guide them through to sometimes we publish things that are much more advanced. So we're really, right now, we're really trying to work on how can we start people on the journey, but then also kind of continue to shepherd them as they learn and get more into even more serious art writing. Um, but I think one thing that you brought up is, I think a lot of times when people start websites, they'll refer to like, well, we have a blog. And we, uh, for our own use, have been very opposed to that term because I think that it automatically makes people think that it's not serious. And we take editorial very seriously and try to put out only top quality content at all times. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely different from a blog. It's <laughs> I think you have it labeled as editorial and everything comes with like specific categories that are not random. So you might have, I think, collector interviews or collector profiles yeah. for one. You have a lot of artist interviews and features. So you have a lot of really interesting things. The other thing uh, that I noticed about your uh, staff list anyway is that you have a lot of staff. So you have a curator, which I was kind of interested in talking to you about, a sure. content person, so multimedia producer, business development, and collector development. Yeah. This is a, a pretty large team. So I'm curious, one, how do you make those numbers work? Because the artists are getting 90%. Yeah. <laughs> and, and two, like, you know, what are all these people doing? Like, cause you, like, I think normally the normal model is that, or I don't, normal is probably the wrong word, but the model that I'm familiar with is that the gallery founder is usually the one, at least initially, who does the curating. So they find the artists and bring them, but you actually have a curator. So tell me how all this stuff works. Yeah, I so I can start with the curator. And I think that that was important because when we started this business, Kirby and I uh, do not have typical art historical backgrounds. Yeah. We uh, both went to undergrad business school. That's where we met. Uh, we have a strong interest in art and we've spent the entire two years that we're working on this learning. But we didn't think that we were qualified for this to be our perspective on art. So that's why we work with Connor who selects the artists that we want to work with because he has a much keener sense for what we're trying to build, which is really a survey of American contemporary art. So we're trying to work across mediums and not just sell only paintings, which I feel like is often what 
online yeah. only spaces will do. We really want to show the full breadth of what art is being made today as best as we can. I mean, we haven't gotten into things like video art quite yet, but I think that those are things that long term we would be excited about talking about more. So Connor's worked with us for almost two years, but it was just really important for us that this didn't come from our perspective because that wasn't what this platform was intended to be. And I think when it comes to our staff, right now we feel really good about the level of staff that we are at. And it's very interesting because in some ways we consider ourselves a startup and in some ways we don't. Uh, And so I think from a typical gallery perspective, you are absolutely correct. It feels like we have a large staff, but then from a company and everything that we're trying to do long term, sometimes it feels like, oh, we are so bare bones. So it's kind of tricky in that way. Yeah, so that makes sense. And then, like, how are you making things work? Because, like, you, like, your profit margins must be very thin. Right. So we're still very early in this journey uh, with the 90-10 split. Uh, so the artist gets 90%, uh, we take 10%, and then there's a 10% buyer's premium even in the primary market. So we're kind of making 20%. But even with that, we are seeing, we are, excuse me, looking for ways to scale that by growing our price point and over time, thoughtfully growing the amount of artists. We think that that can be the way that this company makes money. And then we also right. see opportunities to open up other revenue streams down the line. I really like the buyer's premium. I think that's that's a smart thing to do. And another thing that's interesting to me um, because you are basically, you you describe yourself as an online gallery first, or a, what did you say? Gal- online, online forward? Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, so part and parcel of that is a lot of transparency, which yes. I think is a really big, it's a big theme for me and the work that I do with artists. And I think what artists really desire uh, is a little bit more transparency within the art world. And on your website, all the prices are just there. Yes. I love that, by the way. I love that. And what went into the decision to do that? I mean, I think I know, but I, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit. So I think that that decision came from just our experience with the art world, where uh, the way that Kirby and I approached collecting is, I think, very uh, a very typical story for people of our generation or people in the world of the past 10 years, right? So we would discover artists on Instagram, and you'd follow them, and then we would see that they had, say, a work on paper available in a charity auction, and that we could see the price, and that that was helpful, and that we could yes. find little opportunities to acquire works. But I think that we were very intimidated. Kirby and I both tend to be a little bit shyer. Uh, we were intimidated by walking into galleries. And certainly if we walked into galleries, we were not the type of people who were going to ask the prices. And I think that that's a very, I think that that just prevents so many people from participating in the art world. So part of that was the prices are going to be visible. We're not going to ha- say like, you need to inquire to see the price or even sign in to see the price because we want to show people that it is a more accessible thing than I think a lot of people assume. I think that especially as we work with different mediums, people assume, at least this has been my experience, that some sculptures, 
it was hard for me to picture myself being able to own something like that. I thought, oh, that must only be for institutions or for, you know, really serious collectors to own. And I think that that's been one of the exciting things is that we have been able to put out really exciting art and say, it's available. If you want to buy it, you can be the owner of it. And so that's kind of where that decision came from for us. And I think that transparency as a company has been very important as something that we are trying to bring more to the art world at large. Yeah, I mean, I think the transparency bit is is really key to me. And one of the things that I just want to note is that I, I think Artsy has done a bunch of research on their own to sort of understand what the effect of pricing is on sales. And it's not like there's zero debate. Like yeah. if you have a price tag there, it's like 90% more likely to sell than if you put something like inquire for pricing. So I really like that that's there. Now, some, I do wonder, like, I don't know exactly how to phrase this question, but uh, what happens, like if a, if a, if an artist needs to change a price, is that difficult in any way? Is there any downside for having uh, the prices be up there? I don't think that it's difficult when the artist asks to change the price. I think that the difficulty more comes from the fact that a lack of transparency from a gallery perspective can allow you to manufacture scarcity easier. Yes. I think that transparency can sometimes work against us. So that's kind of the tricky thing. But moving right along, uh, you have some artists who I really like. Uh, one of those artists is Courtney Puckett, who was the artist who introdu- introduced us at the at Nor- Nada Foreland, which is how we met. So my yeah. apologies for not only just learning of your gallery uh, recently since you've been around for a little while. Uh, but you also show Andrea McGinty, yes. who is an artist whose work I love. And I actually published a piece about her a while back. Like this was maybe 2016. So it was a while ago. Um, and first of all, I think, how do you find the artist that you're, or how does the, like, what's the process? How, how does that work with, is there a, a limit to the number of artists that you will work with when your curator says, Hey, this looks like a great artist. Do you say, okay, is there a conversation? How does all of that work? And then if somebody is, do they have to be unrepresented or can they be represented? So that's like probably far too many questions in a row. (laughs) No, I think that I can explain all of it. So we give uh, Connor a lot of decision-making ability to select the artists that we want to reach out to. Yes. Uh, I think that what Connor's looked for is uh, artists who are pushing forward the language that they're working in and feel like they've developed their own perspective. I think that that's what we're trying to get. And overall, broadly, have a nice mix of, like I said, medium, price point, uh, perspectives, demographics, a really nice mix across the board. Uh, once we start working with artists and start talking to them, sometimes we have artists say, hey, a lot of the times the feedback is usually, hey, this is great, but it's just not for me or it's not for me right now. And we totally understand that. I think that right now we have most of the artists that we work with are showing with other galleries, but are not necessarily 
fully represented by other galleries, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So you're so you're working with uh, with artists, and I'm not actually sure where to go with this because I think you answered all, <laughs> all the questions I had. So it's basically that your curator uh, finds the artist, and then you have a conversation with them. Yes. Like like, uh, at what point do you exceed your capacity? Because you're basically a platform. Like you could yeah. in theory represent unlimited number of artists. Yeah, I think that we're putting a lot of thought behind that. And so the thought so far has been that we want to try to add two to three artists per month. And that is a good, that's, I guess, something that we're thinking about is what you alluded to, which is you could have everybody on there. And I think that the problem is, from my perspective, that then it becomes something that people don't know where to start. So I think that we're trying to keep it, as we grow as a company, still thoughtfully curated. And that will also involve finding ways to, as we grow the number of artists, uh, even 30 seems like a lot in some ways now, uh, how can we curate the site better and give people uh, better entry points than just, you know, here is a thousand different works, like figure it out for yourself. So we are thinking about that it, from that perspective in terms of not overloading ourselves with artists, but I don't think that we feel like we're up to that point yet. So two to three per month has kind of been the cadence that we're trying to hit, but we're also not at this point overly uh, really trying to hit that as a metric because we feel like we have really strong artists right now. And the biggest thing that we don't want to do is dilute the quality just to keep adding. We want to make sure that it is a thoughtful, curated mix. Yeah, you know, I really love that because I do think that one of the big problems with databases uh, that are out there currently is that they do get really large. And then, you know, you need something that kind of operates generally at scale so that you, so you, you can find things that fit what you're interested in. But not so much that you can't find anything anymore. And I feel like, you know, artsy kind of falls into that category. Even places like white columns, which are not really designed for transactions at all, but are a very large slide database. Yeah. Uh, it can be very difficult to find things. And I actually have people contact me all the time who are like, you know, curators and consultants who are like, I, I really would like to be able to look through a database just so long as I don't have to search through thousands of entries. So the fact that you're taking this really slowly and being thoughtful about it just seems so key to me because I think it's really easy, especially in business, to get really excited about things and then move too quickly. Yeah. And I think that we also want to, again, it's been so good. Uh, Connor, our curator, and then Kate, who does our content specifically, she produces the videos that we do with the artists. They're both artists themselves and they've both worked with us for a long time now. And so it's been really critical for us to get both perspectives, both sides, because we are trying to bring collectors and artists together. So I think that Kirby and I can bring the perspective of collectors, but they'll bring the perspective of artists. And I think that that's where we want to be so thoughtful about it because we are trying to use this to develop relationships with everybody. So uh, every all the artists that we work with have, at least over email, they're not all based in New York. Uh, if they are, multiple of us have met them. 
we try to see them in person, we do video chats with them, we try to really get to know them. And that's also why when we bring artists onto the platform, uh, we don't ask them to, there's no cost to joining Testudo. Yes, you have to give us a little bit of your time in putting together some writing for your artist page and some of the work pages, but we don't, there's no charges to working with us. We only make money if the artists make money. We really wanted to align the issues, or excuse me, align our incentives in that way. Right. Well, that seems really, I, I think, smart from, at least especially for for the artist perspective, it really makes it more alluring to them to join. And one of the things that we had talked about and the reason that we were introduced was that Courtney was at NADA was just like, I've never had a better experience with a gallery. And that's the reason that I wanted to talk to you because so often I hear the opposite and I don't think I've ever heard an introduction just like that. That was like, I've, this is the best relationship I've ever had with a gallery. These are all of the things that they did for me. So that was, that was really a big impetus for me asking you to come and speak because I wanted everybody to understand what's possible for them. Yeah. And I think that, um, I mean, uh, I'm smiling because uh, that's very, very sweet of Courtney to have said that. But also I know specifically Courtney has been a tremendous advocate for us. Uh, and I think that that's what's so interesting. And what we, what was kind of our guess from the start was artists talk and they talk about who is doing good work and who is trying and trying to do things the right way. And so we knew, hey, right off the bat, we need to try to always put our best foot forward because that will help us recruit other artists that we want to work with. And I know specifically with Courtney, I have heard several examples of people that we've ended up working with who said, well, I wasn't really sure, especially online first, online, you know, I I wasn't sure, but then I saw Courtney was on it and I asked her and she said such nice things. So I think that that's where we really felt like this referral has been good. And I'm incredibly grateful of any artist that we work with that would say that we're doing good things because we are certainly trying to. Yeah. And so I think the things that she was talking about were, uh, you know, the, first of all, how easy it was, the uh, ability for her to get her work written about. Uh, yeah. I, she didn't mention the profit splits, probably would have been a little weird at that <laughs> particular introduction, but I'm sure that 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 is a nice thing. And yeah, so I think that that's like, that's really interesting. And I think it's just really exciting for me to be able to introduce you and your gallery to people, uh, to the audience in this, of this podcast, because I think it is really important for us to be thinking about I think just more sustainable models because it is very rarely the case where an artist can make a living off what they do. Yeah. And there are all sorts of things that are not fair uh, and all the rest, but the average artist is working at a, uh, that I work with anyway, is working at a very high level. So for them to not be able to make a living off what they're doing, whereas if they had worked in any other industry, they'd be making quite a lot of money. Yeah. A problem. 
Yeah, and I think that for us, that is one of our, you know, it's it feels like a lofty ambition, but that is one of the things that we want to do is create a world where more artists can make a living off their practice and where there are more people who can go through the journey that I've been on that are excited about art and didn't necessarily, you know, like I was a collector growing up. I've always had that gene of collecting different things. As an adult, it became about collecting pieces of art. But I think that there are so many more people who just don't know and could get really excited, especially by the immense world of what is being created. And I don't know, art. the more that I dive into the world of art and art history and art theory, it feels like the less I know. And I feel... I made tried to make a conscious choice to just be excited by that and think I'm just going to keep going with this and keep learning. And it feels like the more I learn, the less I know and just try to be as excited about that as possible and just keep being on a learning journey. And that's really what we are trying to replicate for other people. Well, and I think that's a sign that you're doing things right, because if you feel like you know everything, then you're probably going to be bored and and you really shouldn't know everything. Uh, and it's really, I think it's also just really exciting to see that you are excited enough to want to share your love of something with other people and try to, you know, try to spread that out. So John, is there anything else that we should talk about before we close up this podcast that I haven't mentioned or asked you about, or that you really want to make sure that people know about the platform? Yeah, I think the one thing that I wanted to touch on is the video interviews that we do. Yeah. Because I think that those have turned out to be uh, just tremendous. So we knew that we wanted to produce thoughtful content about the artists on our platform. And when we went out to hire for this role, uh, we met a uh, an amazing person named Kate Parvensky, who has now worked with us for about a year and a half. And she uh, has background as a videographer and she produces, we basically gave her the task of, okay, we don't have a huge budget to do this, but we'd love for you to film some studio interviews with the artists that we work with, especially the local ones. And she is a one person powerhouse. She does everything involved with it from uh, kind of concepting and figuring out what it's going to look like to the actual production. She films it all. She does the interview with the artist, and then she does all of the editing, everything. Uh, one time I went on a shoot with her thinking that I could help her and I was so useless, but the videos have been so amazing of just showcasing the artist's practices. So whether that's people who work in painting, uh, we did an incredible one that was in a glass blowing studio. So that was very exciting, but they are always so thoughtfully done. And I think that what's very exciting is they're uh, beautifully shot and great to watch from my perspective as a collector, but the artists are also excited about them. They feel like Kate is able to capture her, uh, their practice in a very thoughtful, considered manner. It's not reductive. It's not speaking down to it. And my husband Kirby and I sat down to do an interview with her. She had filmed maybe three artist interviews and we sat down to uh, talk about why we started the company. And I was so glad in retrospect that we did that early on with her because I learned very quickly how when you're sitting on a couch and somebody's filming you and asking you questions, how quickly you're like, uh, I didn't mean to say that. Like, can you start again? Uh, that was not good. And so we did this interview and I was like, oh man, I don't know if I answered anything the way I wanted to. And then she showed us a draft of it. and It was like, wow, I sound so good. And she was like, yeah, that's kind of everybody's experience. So that 
firsthand experience showed us that it's not always easy for people to talk about their own work or what they're doing and have the end product be great. But Kate has done an amazing job and that's something that we were looking to kind of continue and we're really excited about and we think is a tremendous asset for our company and that we're just so happy to be able to use it to showcase more of the what the artists are doing, you know, showing rather than just telling. I love that. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, but this is my job. Yeah. Uh, so I will. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that pretty much every artist that's listening to this now is like, boy, I'd really like to work with this gallery. And do you ever have like open calls or like, how is my audience going to connect with you? Yeah, we've never done an open call, but um, people are welcome to uh, reach out to me on Instagram or reach out to Testudo via email. Like we have a contact form and we can kind of, I think that we can take a look at people's work, but we've never done any sort of open call yet just because we didn't really know what would go into that. Well, that's great. Uh, I think everybody's going to be really excited about that. And I want to thank you for being on the show and being so generous with your time, because I think this is uh, really exciting for everyone. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right. I'll see you next week, everyone. Thanks so much, John. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review and share it with a friend. It really helps get that valuable information out to more artists just like you. You can find all of the names and the links that we reference in this conversation at workshop.art slash podcast.